0: Moses, and Theo Kanji. Good evening, and welcome to the show. How are you? Doing well. Good evening. Doing well. Excellent. Thanks so, for having uh, us. It's a real pleasure. I'm thrilled to have all three of you here, and I know esteemed audience's first question is going to be, wait a minute. You said two authors, but there are three. Uh, so Craig, why don't you start by introducing yourself and explaining this conundrum of how we have three authors when two were promised?
1: Yes, chief. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'm Craig Phillips, um, one half of Rucker Moses, along with Harold. And um, Harold and I go way, way back. We met in college, um, and I won't say how long ago that was, but we met in college at University of Georgia. Um, so we became fast what we call frenemies. We were very competitive, um, so we were always him and I were both in the uh, journalism school, and that's where you got to write, but you also got to make a lot of videos. So we were doing both, um, and we were super competitive, making films, writing. I was writing for the paper at the time, and um, we just became good friends. Eventually, we both ended up in LA at the same time, um, and we became kind of a, a writing team, and we were writing for a lot of kids' shows, for Arl Stein's Haunting Hour, Christopher Pike's um, Spooksville, and uh, some other stuff, and that's kind of you know. And we also we have a company called Sunny Boy that we've had for about twelve years, so we we spend a lot of time together. Harold's like uh, like my second marriage, <laughs> so but we um, you know we've been working together in so many capacities, um, but this will be our our first book that we've published together. Um, and in the process of writing our book and our book proposal, we we met Theo through uh, Stacy Barney at Penguin Random House. Um, and she kind of put us all in touch. And we've all become good friends. We've known Theo for years now as well. So that's uh, that's my side of the story.
0: <laughs> you guys met in Atlanta and then both ended up in LA completely independent of each other?
2: Yeah, actually, uh, it was Athens, Athens, Georgia. Yeah. And then um, I, I moved to Los Angeles, and then I think like a month later, Craig was there too, uh, just by happenstance. And then we ended up, uh, he, I mean, he called me up and and told me he, he, he was there to collect some money I owed him. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I mean, you're 2,000 miles away. He said, no, nah, man, I'm just down the street. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I, I figured it's probably better to team up than... Uh, Than to stay apart. I was like, did you pay up? Yeah, you know, it's 40 40 bucks. I can, I can find, I can find that somewhere. Yeah, I think you
1: did.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, but yeah, we started writing, you know, uh, after work about, probably about three nights a week, just before we had kids and stuff like that. And so we were just kind of writing some, some epic story, uh, screenplays. Like one was this, Giant ninja, epic, which will never get made.
0: <laughs> so well, that was true, but now the people are going to hear the the pitch on the on the podcast,
2: yeah, no, this
0: the phone's right. going to be ringing off the hook. About that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was really cool, but it kind of got us our start in the business. Like we were able to get a um, an agent uh, and kind of get moving, and then that's how we kind of ended up. Uh, uh, just kind of writing all together. Like Craig said, we ended up writing on the kids' TV shows. Um, we're both kind of 80s kids. Uh, dang, did I just date us? <laughs> <laughs> we're both 80s kids. So, so you know, we grew up on all the, the the fun, the same tropes and loving the same kind of, like, television shows and movies. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, some of that energy is always still embedded in some of our, our kids' stories. And that's why we kind of, like, have, like, a psychic brain that we share amongst each other. So
0: when did you when did you go from working independently together to okay we're just going to partner up and become Rucker Moses and then why be Rucker Moses as opposed to Harold and Craig? So
1: well, we've had Sunnyboy. Boy. I mean, it's funny because we've always thought about Sunnyboy, Boy, our company, as uh, like an entity above us that guides us. So we answer to Sonny Boy and then, you know, so like we're not, we don't like to be the boss or anything. So you're like, you just talk to Sunny Boy. <laughs> so it was always, that was always kind of how we did things. Um, you know, and we've had the company for 12 years now. So we've been doing that for a while. So when we were, when we were writing together, I think we just said, we should do the same thing and we should come up with a name. Um, and the name is actually uh, traced back to a character in the book which uh, it could that could be an easter egg. I don't know. Maybe we should tell them.
2: <laughs> no, but it's, sure. it's,
1: it's, it is traced <laughs> back to uh, one of the, the characters that's in the book. That is a real historical character that we uh, we love and we talked about a lot. Um, and he uh, he gets a, a, a nice role in the book. And we we took his original name. Uh, it's a magician named Black Herman, who was uh, a really famous black magician in uh, around the Harlem Renaissance. And uh, so, you know, we kind of worked Black Herman in, but his original name is Benjamin Rucker. That was his, his birth name. So that's where the Rucker came from.
2: And Rose is just super cool.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's a fantastic name. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, that uh, that makes sense. And so, why? Just out of curiosity, and, and and Theo, I haven't forgotten about you. I know that you're half the team. <laughs> I've got I've got questions for you as well. But why? Um, again, why was it uh, preferable to have just one name for for the two of you? Um, yeah, that's my
2: question. Uh, again, we truly do kind of like share share like this common brain like it's sort of it's, it's very interesting it's like sometimes like I can say something and Craig has already thought of it say, and vice versa so it's sort of like in a weird way when we're writing together you know as frenemies we became friends <laughs> and uh, and so we've kind of like learned how to like really kind of understand each each one of us thinks and so it's just kind of cool to kind of take some of the ego out of out, out of this out of a scenario and kind of say like, "Hey, we're we're trying to make like something that's better than us as as individuals," and kind of kind of go for like a common goal. So like, Sonny Boy was that for our video work. Rucker Moses is that for the uh, the novel, the novel work.
1: And it's uh, it's on the checklist to the bucket list. Uh, pen
3: name,
2: you okay. yeah. <laughs> know. <laughs> you know we 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 like uh, a little bit of anonymity, but I guess that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that makes a hundred percent sense. Because how could you get completely tied into it as Harold or as Craig individually if it's if Rucker, this guy, is going to get all the credit anyway? Yeah. <laughs> that makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah. Uh and then Theo, please give us kind of an overview of your background, and then how do you meet up? Uh, how you guys get introduced? You said through uh, said, through an editor.
3: Uh yeah. So, <clears throat> so uh, I was um, a novelist. I was, uh, I, I, still am a novelist, I guess. Uh, I had written some, uh, crime novel and sort of the post-apocalyptic, um, kind of thing, and I was, uh, working on a, a, book for young readers, and, um, it was really my, uh, my old friend and editor, Stacy Barney, who, um, Brought us together via Kingston. Uh, I guess Kingston really brought brought us all together because the idea um, was something she really thought I I would connect to, and and she was really right. So, um, so you know, there was this sort of like um, meeting through, you know, in a way I met Craig and Harold through this fictional world that was Kingston's world and. I just, you know, fell in love with the idea and the characters and um, and it really, you know, just their approach to collaboration was so, um, it was so refreshing and eye-opening, you know, as, uh, you know, so I, I also, you know, I run like an MFA program in, in Brooklyn. Um, and, you know, I've, I, I came through sort of that style of learning how to write and we never talked about collaboration, um, and so Harold and Craig, you know, with their experience in in, in TV writing and writing this room, they um, just really opened my open my eyes to how um, how engaging, how fun, and how how creatively free and uh, it, it could be to you know to not sort of bear the weight on the shoulders and not look at a book as like you know this you know, this lonely guy up in a, a, in a, in a shack somewhere, or an apartment, or a mountain, wherever, you know, whatever the mythology around, like, the soul, the single writer that, that, that draws a lot of writers to, you know, to want to write books. Um, you know, if you really break down some of our favorite stories are, you know, they're coming out of the heads of, you know, collaborate, collaborators, and, you know, people that are, are sharing enthusiasms, and, uh characterizations and points of view so um you know it's been just a terrific experience and uh so it was really kingston i think brought us brought, brought us together um so these guys
0: they're they go ego free because record moses is taking care of it but you you've got your full name theo games you right right on there so you're all ego, I assume, right? <laughs> exactly.
3: Exactly. No, the 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 sacrificing of the ego it stopped with me.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: so let's talk uh, about this book, uh, Kingston and the uh, Magicians Lost and Found, which is available February sixteenth. Is that right? Yep. February 16th, uh, depending on when you're listening to this esteemed audience, you might be able to go and get your copy right now, or it's certainly available for pre-order, and you know you're going to want to have it the moment it's available. So who would like to give us an overview of the book, and then the other two can tell us uh, what what that person left out, I guess.
2: (laughs)
3: Harold. Nominate Harold.
2: Harold. Kingston. Kingston is about a young man named Kingston James, who is on a mission. And his mission is to find his father who disappeared. His father disappeared in a very mysterious, strange way. And that is through a magic battle or a magic act. Um, so, you know, he just kind of disappeared and it ruined his life, his mother's life or so she thought uh, for a little while they end up moving away from this cool town called Echo City, which is a, a kind of secret borough in New York City, um, in Brooklyn in particular. And so they move away and his life is, you know, just not quite as magical as it used to be when he was growing up there. And then, you know, circumstances kind of make them come back into, back to that town where he's now gonna live in a brownstone with his, uh, his uh, estranged uncles that he has not seen in a long time. Now, these uncles are also, you know, cool, you know, interesting characters who are magicians as well. They were magicians with his father. Uh, But Kingston never really gives up on the idea that his father's still out there. And so really, this book takes you through an emotional journey with Kingston, is returning to a cool town that he's been separated from, where he all along could have been looking for his father, looking for clues, but didn't get a chance to. And now he just feels like he has to just really, really has an opportunity to kind of rush and find, find out what happened. What happened to to, to, to the greatest missing part of his life? Uh, all, but he, but you know, he's surrounded by his mother, who's really awesome, and she she's trying to find something to have him be, you know, grounded in. And uh, that's a great dynamic that we love to play with. We all have like some really strong moms in our lives. And then uh, he has some really cool cool partners to hang out with them and go on this journey with them. And it kind of becomes, again, some one of the things that a story that takes you through real magic, it takes you to some fantastical, cool magic, and it helps us play with ideas and to not have it be like the magic we've seen on television or other kind of things we've seen before. We kind of like get to experiment with things like alternate dimensions and, and different types of physics and, and what that looks like. So, so that's uh, it's really it's really through the eyes of Kingston that that we're that we're following this this cool story.
0: Okay, I guess the other half of Rucker Moses. What do you think? Did he did he nail it, or what? Did he, what did he miss? Yeah. Well, I'll add um, along for the ride is
1: um, Veronica, his cousin. So Veronica is Longfingers, who's one of his uncles. His two uncles are Longfingers and Crooked Eye. So this brownstone that they go to, is it's called Second Sight and it's kind of a dilapidated magic shop at this point, but it used to be the family magic shop. So the idea is that Kingston has come back and his mom has come back because they're trying to save the magic shop. It's kind of all they got left in the family. And she's going to try to turn it into something more than a magic shop, which the uncles aren't too psyched about. Um, they might serve coffee. They might have some uh, croissants in the morning. We'll see. But um, so... Veronica is been living in the house she kind of you know her, her dad is always off doing something you know he's he's known as a trick builder he always built Kingston's dad Preston's tricks so he he's always noodling like in his office somewhere and he's he's kind of a you know a hibernating bear in that sense and um, the other friend that's along for the ride is too tall so too tall was a friend. You know, keep in mind, when he left, he was eight, and now he's 12. So the first time he sees Too Tall, too tall's grown probably two and a half, three feet. He hardly recognizes him. Um, but he's really happy to connect with an old friend. And immediately, those two kind of get pulled into his world. The first place he wants to go when he gets back is to the Mercury Theater, which is where his father disappeared. And like a lot of things in Echo City, it's dilapidated. There's a hole in the roof, um, and they sneak in there. And that kind of starts the journey because um, he finds the Magician's Lost and Found inside of the Mercury Theater. And the Magician's Lost and Found is kind of the key um, to starting the journey to finding his father, but also finding the magic within himself. I don't want to give away too much in the book, but there's, uh, there's something that happens to him when he finds the Magician's Lost and Found. And um reaches inside um and that kind of starts this parallel journey of the clues to his father's disappearance um to like where exactly did he disappear who knows how to get to him and then also this magic that's with him within it within him um and figuring out that part as well um and that's you know that's kind of like the parallel journey that that he's on along with his good friends veronica and sutal
0: and Theo, what do you think? Any 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 missing pieces that still need to be added?
3: Um, I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't say missing pieces. I would just um, sort of take the big picture take, which is that it's a, you know, it's a, a missing father quest story. It's about, you know, obviously it's this trope. It's kind of it's almost like a gag that so many of these like um, adventure stories. You know, open with you know a missing parent or a, a dead parent, and but I think what that what that does as a you know as a story is it's it's that's the moment that you know when we're as kids we're we're first tasked with confronting the world truly independently as our own person, and that's when we begin to author our you know our own identities. So this is you know Kingston when Kingston comes back to Echo City. Um, the first place he needs to go is the Mercury Theater because that's where his dad disappeared. And he's uh, in his sort of obsession to get his dad back and and emulate the ma- magician that his dad was, you know, he begins to discover himself and discover a whole lot of surprises about the nature of magic and reality as we know it.
1: Yeah, and a lot of secrets in Echo City as well, which has been fun to play.
2: Yeah, I mean, oh, hit, hit. we, we kinda like to, uh, kind of like to kind of like bash a couple genres together, <laughs> you know, so there's, there's some action, there's some mystery, um, a lot of drama. <laughs> we kind of put those together and kind of like really just kept trying to make every scene as, as fun and as punched up as we could.
0: So Theo, were you the Brooklyn expert? Since these two have, you know, they, they have masterful knowledge of Athens, uh, I assume, and, and and masterful knowledge of the West Coast, and then and then you're the you're you, I mean you're the guy that's that's pointing out all the the landmarks for Brooklyn, right? Or do you all get together in Brooklyn and, and kind of map out Kingston's journey? Or how did that work?
3: Um, yeah, definitely. I think brought some of the Brooklyn to the project. Um, in we actually invented a new neighborhood, though, in Echo City, um, which was a lot of fun. So, and uh, there would be some 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 Brooklyn visits in the process. It was a long process. It was, we worked on this for a while, for a long time. Um, yeah. But as far as, you know, you know, I think I, I was able to help draw the New York characters and sort of, I'm like, I don't know how many generations. My dad was born in Brooklyn. Um, and uh, my mom in Yonkers, I don't know. It's not Brooklyn, but it's New York, you know. Uh, so I have some familiarity with the personalities and, and the voices and that kind of thing. Um, but the the roots of the family, the, the, the James family are down south. So we were able to kind of merge all of our, you know, uh, linguistic vocal influences. Uh, yeah, I sure. Here's a dumb
0: question from a guy in Indiana related to nothing. Have you played the Miles Morales game yet? And if so, how much of Brooklyn do you feel it properly captured? Uh,
3: yes, and unfortunately zero. So what they did, uh, which was understandable, is it's the story is Miles moving to Harlem. So they nailed Harlem. <laughs> but they don't actually touch Brooklyn in the game. Um, and by the way, my wife is from Indiana, so I'm there like... Uh, well, before COVID, I was there like twice a year. Um, so, salute Hoosier.
0: You're you're making the right decision. Stay stay in Brooklyn. Yeah, you? yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually
3: wearing Colt socks as we speak. Most of my socks are are from my in-laws.
0: So. Okay, so how, uh, Greg? I'll toss this over to you. Um, how long does the process take? When what's what's the start, and what do you start with? Is there some sort of formal outline? Uh, or just an initial one-sentence pitch. What are, what are you guys building on?
1: Yeah, so, well, I'll walk you back a little even more because, like, the, the process of Theo coming into this was interesting in that we had written out, we had written and submitted to the publisher, I, th- I think we had, like, a four or five chapters in our proposal. Um, and it was interesting when they brought Theo on Theo took those chapters and put them back to us in first person. So we had written everything in third person. Theo went in to Kingston's head, and now we have everything. You know, all the beats are there, the same, but now we're in Kingston's head, which was pretty brilliant. And I, I think it really gave a voice to it that we, you know, we didn't see before. So you know, that's that was kind of the beginning of our process, all working together. Is you know, Theo flipping it on its head and us seeing it in a new light. And then, the next step of that process, I think we wrote a eighty thousand word first draft of this. <laughs> um, so that was that was interesting um, and it was kind of like laid out, and I'll say there's you know there was a few things that in that process we learned, and you know one thing we forgot to mention is that originally this had started as a um a TV pilot that Harold and I had written, okay so Magic battles was a big thing and, and, you know, like him actually physically learning magic was a big thing that we wanted to show, which is a great visual thing, right? It's different on the page, describing someone learning how to do a trick, describing the intricacies of a magic battle maybe doesn't play as well as seeing it. So there was some things I would say in that first really long um, version that we wrote that we learned, um, you know, I think like the notes that came back were that the, the pacing was slow because I, I think that we were still kind of married to some of those things that we had done in that first, um, you know, initially in like kind of the TV show pilot. So we really all came back and we were just, you know, we almost started from scratch. I won't say we wiped everything out, but we we definitely went back to page one and started this process again. Um, and that you know that initial process of the the second time we drafted this was we talked a lot we were just talking and going over things and and trying to really figure out like one of the other things i don't think we nailed in that first draft is where his father went and, and like really having a solid foundation of what that was. um so we you know we figured out so we, you know we kind of figured out that backstory in a big way. And then, you know, the process from there was, Theo came out to LA, hung out for a week. Um, you know, I went out to Brooklyn. We were we're on Skype or we're on, uh, actually we we never were on Zoom before this. We were actually just talking on the phone and lately we've been on Zoom since COVID. But then, you know, I think the, the process has been lay everything out and then we'll just kind of assign chapters usually Harold and I are working ahead of Theo and then Theo will catch up and the voice kind of stays you know in line as we kind of move through it and it's great because you know when we're reading each other's chapters we'll, we'll see things that Theo's doing behind us he'll see things that we're doing ahead of him we'll talk about it adjust and then we just kind of keep moving through that process um till we get to the end and I'll say for us you know coming from the TV world it's been great we're writing with a professor you know Theo is a professor so it's it's been a really great learning process um, and it's you know I feel like it has been a long process but where we've gotten with the story and our understanding of the story world and even like even getting into book two which we were already deep into drafts on um, we really understand the world and we understand how it works and we needed to go through that
0: process to, to get there, you know. And then uh, Harold? So what, uh, when, you're, when you're converting something that you had planned as a television pilot that's now going to be a novel, um, what things need to change? Obviously, you mentioned we don't need as much magic training, which I assume some of that might have gotten pared back just because of budget concerns. Uh, either way, <laughs> but now that you're 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 switching to a novel, what are the biggest differences and how you're approaching this as a novel versus as a television pilot?
2: Uh, I would say you know there was a lot more emphasis on what's going on in a person's emotional uh, core. You know, kind of writing. Um, Staying true and close to Kingston as much as possible. Uh, Whereas, like, in screenwriting, you know, there's a tendency to jump from A story to B story and C story and kind of interweave them. So you kind of, like, find this rhythm for it to, you know, to have, like, a nice ending. Whereas in this, you know, it really kind of, like, really was more about staying close to the heart of, of of what Kingston was after, and, and which is ultimately his father, and the world would would open up, you know, you know, to Kingston and his friends through that journey. And um, so, really, I think we kind of had to get to know Kingston better. Whereas, like, kind of, when you're writing screenplays, you know, it's more like a blueprint to what a production is going to add to that. You know, it's 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 um. I mean, there's definitely some you know techniques, but an actor's going to bring something to that. A director's going to bring something to that. The production's going to happen, and you know, and then you know, so that's kind of kind of how how that comes to life, right? So that's the final thing is what you see on the screen, not what you read on the page. Because this is it's all going to be on the page. So really, it all has to come to life right there on the page. So I would say, like you know, I I I'm going to say I learned a lot from Theo, you know. Um, He really helped us really kind of like, make a great transition and he was was a great partner to share his knowledge with us. And I would say, you know, uh, like I said, it was a long process, but we all kind of really, really trusted each other and really wanted to work together. And and so that is what I found to be interesting. I don't have, uh, you know, friends like Craig that I've been friends with for over twenty years, and Theo is, is now one of my one of my, my closest. He's my homie, you know. So just being able to share and trust and trust each other is really. I kind of have to say is like the 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 foundation to what we really had to learn from going from screenwriting to 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 writing a novel.
0: So Theo, because you are the professor, you're 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 the, the head of an MFA program with St. Francis, right?
3: uh yeah yeah that's right um but i have to say i learned i mean not to just repeat what he said but i i learned so much from these guys uh you know in in particular how to collaborate and how uh and just how to um you know enter like this this how much fun it could be to 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 write a story like this you know i think sometimes in our tradition we take the whole process a little too seriously uh and this is you know this is an adventure story it's it's supposed to be fun i mean obviously we have to draw realistic characters and and bring and make a compelling sort of sense of texture and life on the page but you know it's really at the end of the day it's about heart it's about family it's about um you know just you know speaking to some of the better sides of uh of of childhood and you know the relationships between parents and kids and that and and all that stuff you know Harold and Craig just were you know were so instrumental in in bringing that about in this process um so yeah i mean i you know I take Harold's trust not lightly in the slightest um and so. Uh, you know, it's just it's 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 a pleasure to be in a in a position like this where like we have this kind of uh, complement of of skills and and a and, and vision. I think you know um I you know we have so many uh, shared touchstones in stuff we grew up digging that it was really uh, and little Easter eggs that we that that we kind of folded in the narrative too from from our own. Uh, you know, nerdy loves as kids, um, and that that we all kind of were able to uh, have as touchstones. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 uh, it's you know, it's one thing to teach it, but it's a totally different thing to really to be in the in the in the mix of of telling stories with with guys who you know are all about telling stories, you know.
0: Knowing that uh, some of your uh, current, former, yet-to-be students are going to be listening, how seriously should we be taking writing?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's a good question. I mean, you know, it's, I don't know. I I keep, my students actually give me a hard time because I keep going with these sports metaphors. Um, But that keeps being what's popping in my head. And I, I remember hearing something about, like, holding a baseball bat like you're holding an egg or something. And that's sort of the weird way I kind of am responding to your question. It just like, you know, of course, the bat is the most important thing in the world. You can't hit the ball with the bat, but you can't squeeze it either. You know, if, you, if, if you're if you clutching it too tight or too sincerely or too uh, with too much effort, you know, uh, you don't have that ease in your swing and you don't have that that sense of, of grace, and and then maybe the reader's going to feel your the seriousness of your intent more so than the enjoyment that you want them to feel from the story.
0: Uh, gotcha. So, what's a good way to guard against that, and to make sure that you're handling your egg bat properly?
3: <laughs> um, connect with connect with the stories that you love. Um, don't judge yourself for what you love, you know, be honest with, with you know, if you enjoy um, a certain type of story or a certain type of TV show or whatever it is, man, that's beautiful. Like, you know, it's it, it's great to enjoy things and it's great for things to be fun, you know.
0: Harold pivoting back to you how does this collaboration work in a a practical sense is it somebody sits down and writes a chapter somebody else writes the next chapter and you go on around Robin or everybody does their own individual draft Uh,
2: well you know it's interesting so like I said initially Craig and I pinned so much together um, uh, before we met Theo and then, of course, it all it, it changed when we when we um, when Theo really brought Kingston's voice forward uh, through the first person. We, you know, would share and talk a lot. Probably, we would talk for hours and hours and hours on the phone, <laughs> just kind of like making sure we all kind of like really uh, were saying like, "Oh, you know, that's a cool beat." That's we would kind of talk things out. And then, um, or oh, uh, I would say, Craig and Theo uh, would pin some stuff, and I would throw some stuff through a Slack channel. We Slack became part of our life, where <laughs> where we shared pages. Um, and then uh, again, there's the 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 trust factor again of, of like saying, okay, great. I threw out some ideas. It might be rough, you know, but at least uh, I know that when it goes to Craig and Theo and vice versa, that it's going to kind of get cleaned up and we're going to find the voice and then we're going to kind of edit it together. So it kind of keeps going through this kind of like Taurus of a of a cycle to kind of like make sure that we all kind of have a little say in it. Uh, even though I'm, they're writing some words that I may not have written, it's still part of my story because we all kind of like started and talked it out, talked all the beats out and we share, we share this. And I would say that's like, when I, when, I, when I can't emphasize enough the trust factor in that uh, you you know that you don't want to get in the way of like the flow of things and you know that you can trust your other writing partners to kind of like to, 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 to nail something for you and or with you and then you also know that they'll listen to you when you need to make a change or so it's really kind of like we never got in each other's way. We really just kind of, like, worked together and kind of, like, made sure we kind of found the flow. And I, I would just say that flow was really the way to really practically get it done.
0: So, Lucer, um, well, let me uh, come back to you, Theo, because you're coming in a little bit like the, uh, the new person. I mean, we, we heard Craig and Harold's uh, When Harry Met Sally origins uh, moving across the, the, the country together. Uh, and then you come in, and you're you're the third person. So what what's that like coming to an established group and bringing in your new perspective? And then also uh, something I was looking for is where does this start to feel like I'm reading three different authors? And I couldn't identify that. Uh, it, it's remarkably consistent throughout. Like oh, this does somewhere in there. You guys have created uh, a single voice, a single narrative. Maybe the first person perspective helps with that. I'm not sure. Um, so how did you have any hard and fast rules of okay? where only every every paragraph can only be this long or shorter, because I noticed a lot of white space on the page. How how do you make sure that there's a unity, and also how what is it like to come into an established group?
3: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, uh, I was, you know, something I was wary of kind of going into it, like, man, these guys are are, are so close, and they've known each other for so long, how am I going to get, how am I going to sort of fit in on this? But Um, man, I'm still waiting for it to be an issue. (laughs) (laughs) They've they've just been, um, I don't know, part of it is probably they're just, you know, just, I don't know, maybe they're pros or they're just like really just nice guys (laughs) and easy to collaborate with and easygoing. Um, I think, you know, one one of the things that always impressed me was we would have these crazy brainstorming sessions and like, you know, no matter how you know, if one of us didn't react well to an idea, man, we just moved on. You know, there was there was very little like, man, I'm sticking to my guns. and know, you guys, you know, or, or or just you know, sort of defensiveness around a thing or, or or this or that. It just sort of felt like there was a kind of there was not to overuse trust, but a belief in the that that we were all that this that we could all something. The best ideas were something we were all going to really be on board with. So, you know, I think as far as the kind of the continuity and and the voice stuff, you know, it's was, it was just they would um, uh, I would they would be giving me pages for stuff that was kind of coming up ahead. And, you know, I would just make sure everything felt like it could have been said by the same voice. You know, um, so, you know, that there was a, you know, there was a lot of rewriting. There was a lot, there was a whole draft of rewriting. We wrote an entire book. (laughs) We basically (laughs)
1: there's
3: a whole draft. (laughs) Um, Which is definitely a lesson that I try to impart on my students that you can never be afraid of rewriting. Um, You know, getting the right idea in, in, you know, you can wind up, with a book and half the time you would, it would take you to fix a draft that isn't working um, So the idea is, was, is for it to feel effortless when you read it. It was not effortless in the creating of it, but it should certainly feel that way. That was definitely what we were going for.
0: Uh, Craig, can you spill the tea? What, what was the issue with the whole draft that you guys wrote and then uh, did you check it completely, or did you incorporate parts of it, I assume? Well,
1: it's probably a few things. Um, like, I remember we were, Theo, there was this term Theo kept using this, we call it the fetch quest. <laughs> so, you know, that came up a lot. And I, I mean, I think that I would say that that was a part of it, that it started to become episodic, which I think goes back to our kind of TV minds, that you write things, and so, you know, there was a there was a big thing about, you know, Kingston would overcome one hurdle, and then we'd go to the next hurdle, and then the next hurdle, it started to become really episodic, so I think that's why it was bloated, and I think that's why it was, you know, lacking the emotion that Harold talked about, is that you just started to kind of feel like you were going through these steps to get to something. Um, and I, I, think that's a big thing that we learned, um, in this process. And, um, that, you know, as, as writers, we, we learned that you, you have to follow the character and not what the character doing. So I think that that's what we took into that next draft much, much more so. Um, and it became, you know, it, it, it definitely just became so much more compelling and and this and that that you were just really with this kid and that's all that mattered all the time it's like anything that felt like it was just weeds and we needed to get it out of the way we just took it out so we just wanted to be with kingston and we wanted to be on his journey and we wanted to be in his head and we wanted to know what he was feeling um and anything that wasn't serving that we you know we needed to we needed to f- find a better way to to get there plot wise you know
0: and then there's the uh, pacing is this is a book that moves i mean it it, it does not slow down <laughs> uh, there's, there's no long sequences where Kingston sits and contemplates the meaning of the universe. Like, nope, we got to go. Let's let's do this. Uh, the chapters seem pretty, pretty short, pretty, um, not uniform, but there does seem to be a certain rhythm. So Harold, I'll toss this one over to you. How did you guys go through? And was that something you just worked out through the multiple drafts? And also, when did you decide how to end each chapter to make sure you had some kind of hook to keep your, uh, your reader on the line?
2: Mm-mm. Yeah, we did talk about hooks at the end of uh, chapters. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say we didn't. We didn't come up with something like that. We did. A, that was a kind of a rule, you know, it's like trying. Again, you want you want every everything that you're going to make a chapter. You want it to kind of have a beginning, middle and end. You want it to feel like you're like it was worth reading that chapter. So we definitely really want them to have either a realization or or uh, some new information came to light that would make you really want to kind of keep going for further. And and again, it was all about his flow. You know, I think getting in the mindset of Kingston, you know, he's obviously much younger than us. So the, his world is just coming at him. So it was just about just again like feeling like you were not, I don't want to say roller coaster, but you just you're in you're in the ride with him. You know, so uh I I would definitely say getting, coming up to the end was the thing. But a lot of it, again, was organic. We just did not really want things to slow the the experience down. But we, you know, wanted to hear the voices. We wanted to hear Nina. We wanted to hear Veronica and Tutal and and the banter they have. We felt like that was the way that people and kids the way we remember them talking. I mean, I know there wasn't a lot of devices in this (laughs) book, but but we really want to have that kind of like, how do you end a conversation when you're speaking with your best friends? And, you know, we want to say true. And so in that, you know, when you have a really cool conversation and you realize something's happening, and then you realize you want to go there, that's that was like time for the next chapter.
0: Did you guys do uh, read aloud?
2: Read aloud.
1: Say it again.
0: Did anybody read the book out loud to the others? Or did you guys do like a little, a little cast reading?
1: Uh do we I don't think we did
3: that too much.
1: i I read Chatters to my son for sure. Um he's you know, like we were talking earlier, he's he's seven now and he's he's starting to read a little bit on his own. But I definitely would when when we were kind of chopping things up, I would I mean that was definitely my best audience was hearing or just watching him, you know, because you could see like if it's working, you know. <laughs> hmm. So yeah. That's
2: about all the uh, reading out loud yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't read out loud, but if I was having fun, <laughs> that, that's when we knew we were in the right place. You know, it, it's, again, it was just so much fun collaborating, so much fun talking with each other. And, and then from there you realize like, oh yeah, this really cool nugget. Let's like see how we can make that pop on the page.
3: I think I I think I do remember one of the key things that for the second draft was that we added the ticking clock. Yes.
2: It, yes.
3: That really. So it was cuz we always had the the watch of 13 was always in the book but then yeah. in that we were like we we were like you know what let's take that and make that watch of 13 be you know by the time this thing runs out the you know everything's going to be terrible for everything and that really helped with the pacing, right? And it just felt like, all right, we, you know, we, and then, man, they did the coolest thing with the book and put that put that watch of 13 on all the chapter headings. So like, I love what, you know, what a publisher can do. So it just gives you this, this sense of, you know, um, time running out, uh, even just as a little visual thing, just remember that clock, clock's ticking, clock's ticking, you know, and that definitely sped the pace up for us.
0: And uh, Craig, you mentioned there's already a second book that you guys are back together working on. So yeah. the, the band's still going strong. Yeah. Uh, was that a, a concern through book one where let's make sure that we, we've got enough breadcrumbs for book two? Or was it a, if book one doesn't work, we don't have to worry about book two. So let's just, hmm. let's get to it when we get to it. How far in advance did you plan?
1: It's funny. Um, so like Theo just mentioned some of the things that we discovered um in the the second draft of book 1 became huge parts of book right. 2 and, right. and and like I said, like that process of getting to that second draft I mean I feel like when we we hit book 2 we were going like we really we got into a really good space with it and we knew and we you know we created this I mean we kind of we riffed on Echo City, and and you know I think Echo City came about because at the time I was living in Echo Park, and there was no intention to put anything echo themed in there at the moment, you know, like when we were first started. But that became the whole world that is kind of underneath the surface of the story in in Brooklyn. So I think for for book two, all that work that we did just kind of launched us right into. It allowed us to 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 really have the tools to to start a new story in a really interesting way. And we're really excited about like the beginning of that second book, um, and and kind of Kingston living in a moment that we only hear about in the first book, but then actually getting to experience that in the second book in a big way, um, and then really opening up the possibilities to what's out there. In, in this world that his father disappears into. Um, so, you know, all that work happens when we, when we had to kind of go back to the drawing board and figure things out. Um, and I think it paid off when we had to kind of get into the second book pretty quickly after this first one, so
0: yeah. And um, do you have like uh, some sort of outline, okay, we're gonna go 10 books and here's the plans for them or is it let's finish book two and see where we're at and then we tackle book three?
1: I think we do have plans for sure. Um, yeah, we we know that there is um, we we broke the world open in book two, so there there's a lot of possibilities, um, and I feel like uh, we're we're completely prepared <laughs> to to go into yeah multiple stories, um, and and it's you know a lot of it is. We really opened up some of that backstory that we had written with Black Herman who we just love and we've we've like done so much research on him um, and getting to create like our fictional version of him um, and making him such a big part of Echo City and the ties of him to Kingston's dad and Kingston's uncles and what they were doing as kids and just you know like just getting to explore this family lineage. Uh, which we, you know, we don't even really touch on too much, but it, but it really comes back to the core of why this father and son are connected. Um, and I think we open that up, and yeah, we could, we could do a lot of books if they, uh, if they give us the opportunity.
0: <laughs> well, with uh, multiple stories, could you guys ever see each of you take take it in a different direction? Everybody gets their own Kingston book, and then maybe you come back together, or is it, is it the magic with all three of you there for the whole, the whole run?
2: I'd say it's magic to all three of us together. <laughs>
0: we, we like Honestly, to- There's a lot of pressure. You, you'd have to say that with the other two here, right?
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, yeah. like, hanging out together, too. It gives us reasons. Like, we always talk about our wives or, you know, like, what are you guys doing? You're, you know, you're talking about alternate dimensions and, <laughs> like, and, and we're doing, we're like, we are getting paid to do this. We have to do yeah. this. It's,
2: it's working, working. It's working. <laughs>
3: worked <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i i agree it's been i can't imagine being in this world without the without the 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 team
0: yeah and then, christy you've got uh multiple mysteries available for adults uh, were you working on your own projects in between while, while one of the other two was was um, doing their, their revision? Were, were you guys able to work on, were you all waiting on somebody to continue going on Kingston straight through or were you all working on separate projects as well? And let's say Theo, you answer first, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I mean, I was able to get, Some ideas, ideas in, but you know, uh, this it was the kind of thing. Every time there was a little bit of a break where you get a little momentum going, Kingston would come back into the focus. Uh, So you know, most you know, there's you know, there's ideas, and and we're actually we're actually also talking about a new idea as well. I don't know how much we can talk about it yet, but um, uh. You know, the well, collaboration... We we're to talk about it a little bit now. <laughs> <laughs> but the collaboration was, it, it, it was very rewarding and I, and, I, and I really, you know, I'm looking forward to just writing more books with these guys. Um, and Of course, you know, I have my own ideas and projects, but, you know, it's hard to get a lot of momentum because this was a very involving kind of process that... Um, you know, just and obviously not just the first book, but we you know there's a whole nother book that's that is essentially written uh so you know that was that was pretty involving uh at least for me
1: yeah, that was a that was a the COVID project that was, <laughs> <it> worked out <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah true the runway.
0: so okay well that that leads us right into the elephant in the room and every conversation here in these plague times uh, what are you doing? to go out and market the book since I assume um, book tours to the to individual bookstores are limited probably. Yeah. Uh, and Harold, why don't you start?
2: Well, I mean, it, yeah, going, going places in person is, is, a, is a difficult task now. Um, hopefully that'll change. We're really praying for that. Um, but Craig and I also, you know, own a visual effects slash production company, marketing company. So, it's a, some kind of creative think tank company. <laughs> so, so uh, we have a lot of, uh, we brought a lot of our skills to the table. You know, if we, it's like, great, I spend a lot of time marketing other people's projects. Why don't we market our own? So, you know, we, we have a trailer that we've put together that's coming out. Um, that's, I think we're pretty happy with it. Uh, again, it's 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 finding it's finding the love for Kingston in a different way. Every time we turn around, it's like, oh great, it was it was cool finding it in friends, finding it on the page, now finding it in trying to create some kind of visuals to market it. So we're, we're doing some trailer stuff, trying to try and meet people on social media networks and stuff like that. And then uh, we put out sure.
0: uh, will that trailer be available as a audiences audience listening and they want to pull it up. It, it should be
1: it'll be available well we are we are in the future so it should be
0: available now
3: <laughs>
2: that's right
0: <laughs> it yeah. is February 16th it has always been February 16th
1: anybody who says otherwise <laughs> okay. it's, it's out you can uh, com. it'll be there I'm sure it's in a couple other places so yeah it's it's yeah. out
2: <laughs> yeah so I mean you know Finding those visuals and working with uh, Megan Beattie and Ashley Sparrow and, you know, the, uh, the rest of Penguin Random House is, is, uh, is a new experience for Craig and I in particular. So this is uh, uh, we're, we're looking for some guidance and, and looking to kind of like, again, put our best foot forward and kind of like to show the love for what we made.
0: Obviously, Megan Beatty is the best publicist, one of the best publicists you could ever have. I'm trying to remember all the other publicists who've come on the show. But Megan Beatty definitely did, and you can check out her interview, esteemed audience. Check the back catalog. Well worth your time. And Craig, over to you. So how does marketing this book now, aside from coming on this show, which, brace yourself for the tidal wave of fame and fortune that Little Great Ninja will bring you. uh, How... uh, How 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 are you? How does this differ from your usual marketing uh, for for now for a book?
1: Yeah, so you know we're doing um, we're doing I think three different cities. So we're gonna obviously do um, New York, L.A., and Atlanta because we're from Atlanta. We live in L.A., and Theo's out in New York, and the book takes place in Brooklyn. So th- we're gonna do th- three um, of these virtual uh, like a, a, a virtual book tour. And you know I, it's funny, I've been watching some of these. They're, they're actually really great and compelling and it's fun to watch authors talk about their books and you know knowing having gone through that process, um, I respect it a lot and I, and I see the passion and people wanting to talk about their books when they get released. so we'll be doing that. Um, another thing that we all kind of decided to do, and we're just filming it remotely, kind of like this. We just did the first one the other day. Is we're gonna we're gonna make some videos that kind of give some insight into some of the real characters that are in the book, um, some of the real tricks that are in the book that have um, you know really interesting history to them. So we thought that'd be you know some some great marketing tools. Like there's there's so much great stuff that we've read in the process of researching this book that we want to share with with kids and. Get them really um invested in this like history of magic which is just fascinating um and then also a lot of magicians that people don't talk about like black herman or richard potter or all these these really amazing um black magicians that um we're, we're kind of trying to bring to the forefront um, and create our own mythology around them so we're going to do some of those videos um, and then yeah just trying to talk to people like you that are you know in this world it's we've We've met, you know, I think we're at the beginning of this process of meeting a lot of these people that, um, this community, and it's it's great. It's such an amazing, supportive community of writers and reviewers and um, people that love books. And I grew up loving books. When I was 12, I would love to read Kingston. <laughs> so it's good to know that all this is out there. I didn't have access to anything like this when I was a kid. So it's, it's amazing.
0: Um, Theo, you, of course... Uh are the expert, I assume, at, at book marketing, having marketing uh, multiple mysteries uh, before now. Um, what uh, what things are, any, anything additional that you're doing or have done that, that works well for marketing books that uh, listeners might write down and go and do likewise?
3: Well, it's, I mean, definitely, you know, writing for, um, you know, this blog or that blog about, you know, the writing process, you know, getting or getting, you know, articles published and, you know, on topics that relate to the book, I guess is the only thing I could kind of add to, you know, the incredible visual work that, you know, Craig and Harold are able to, you know, produce and put together. Just that, you know, readers tend to read. So, you know, it's, you know, there's going to be eyes on, on, you know, book related websites and, and, uh, and if there's an interesting tie-in, uh, you know, to your book, a uh, uh, famous, unheard-of magician, for example, um, uh, then you know maybe there's an opportunity there to to place an article about you know the that book. I mean that character, and you know, with the um, the link to to the book, where you know here you could learn more in in Kingston's adventure kind of deal. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's such an interesting question, and it's such an evolving answer. You know, there's so much content, and there's so many ways that folks can occupy their entertainment centers these days. That it's you know, it's it's you got to try to try everything. You know, see see what sticks. Try a podcast. Try YouTube. Try you know, um, you know, uh, just try to get the. In in front of people.
0: Well, hopefully by the time uh, book two's out, uh, or book three at the latest, uh, you'll be back to doing some in person stuff. You guys can go do some school visits, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that'll be good too. Yeah. Let me uh, ask you this because I know um, Theo, you've you've written some for some shows on Netflix. Is that right?
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, the um the new legends of Monkey. Um. <laughs> uh which is a fun kind of action fantasy show as well. Uh,
0: so could there be kind of a fun scenario where this starts off as a pilot, uh becomes a book series and then eventually you guys are pivoting back planning for the Kingston movie or the Kingston TV series or uh the Kingston series of TikToks, I don't know. <laughs>
1: That's uh that's how we planned it from yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> the Kingston TikTok. That was that was always the goal from from the beginning, right?
1: Um Yeah. Uh we're very interested in that. And we're, you know, Harold and I have been filmmakers. We've made TV shows, films, short films. Um, we're pretty steeped in that world. So uh yeah, we we think about it and talk about it a lot, <laughs> for sure. Yeah.
2: Kingston yeah, occupies so right much brain matter; it's insane.
0: <laughs> if you're ever talking to somebody, I, I assume about young adult uh, television, all you have to do is say Christopher Pike, R.L. Stein, and everybody in the room sits up Don't go on. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah, was, that, lot, was uh, that was a lot of fun writing for that those too. Cool yeah. Doing that
1: because, like, with that. With that Earl Stein show, there was some there was some times where there was stories that he had written. But for the most part, him and the, the producers and head writers, Billy and Dan, who were, were great, they just kind of wanted you to, it was all anthology, so they would just want you to come up, they would just say, pitch us the craziest ideas you can think of that we could, you know, shoot within reason, you know? So, you know, we were coming up with like, what if there was a, a mascot that was eating children? Or, you know, what if there was, you know, so we just throw all kinds of crazy stuff at them. And then to, and it was usually, what was funny in that process, it was usually that idea that we thought was too much, but we're like, we'll throw it out there anyway. And that was always the idea they went for, you know? So yeah. that, that that was a good lesson. Um, and, you know, and and I think we got to meet, Arl um, Stein uh, in that process, and it was, yeah, it was really cool. It was fun. <laughs>
2: and Jane Starts. Yeah.
1: And Jane, yeah, and Jane was, we met Jane, who kind of, Jane Start is the, the, uh, the godmother of this whole thing. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah.
1: She put us all together.
0: <laughs> Here is a complete right turn, because esteemed audience knows that I ask everybody, and we're not getting out of this until I ask each of you. If you've ever seen a flying saucer and or a ghost and Harold, why don't you start? Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> I saw the look on your face <laughs> of Harold. <laughs> oh
3: wow.
2: Um I've never seen a flying saucer. I absolutely would love to. Um have I seen a ghost? I believe. During the pandemic, I met a spirit. Yes, it was like an orb of light. Um, It was very comforting. It was really cool. Um, Very, it still sticks out in my mind. And I was uh, not—I wasn't asleep, but I was almost there. And uh, so, so, so yeah, that was interesting. Um,
0: You were in your bed, or falling asleep at your desk, or?
2: No, I was in my bed. I was just kind of like. Sort of just sitting up thinking really. <laughs> and then uh right before I was about to fall asleep, then um it sort of felt like a voice spoke to me. Um and uh it, and I kinda saw this extremely bright orange light off of my, my center view, but it wasn't it wasn't to the point where I could uh where I needed to uh close my eyes and look away. It was just kind of like a warm, comforting thing. So I chalked it up to being a spirit and um, something that was like, uh, uh, I I recently, not long ago, had lost uh, my brother, and so I felt in a way that maybe he visited me.
0: Well, I'd say save it and, and, and work that into a, a project, but now you've said it on a podcast, and there's like 10 different versions of that story being composed as, as we speak now. <laughs>
2: absolutely, absolutely. It was, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's a new new occurrence for me.
0: <laughs> and I am uh, I am sorry to hear about your brother. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Correct. how about you, Flag, Saucer, Ghost, both?
1: Um... Okay, so I have I I do not think I've seen either, but I will tell a story uh, that like this is the best UFO story that I've got. So when I was in college, where I met Harold, I, I wrote for the paper and I was I would I would do the music beat, which was a great town. Athens is a great music town. So I got the honor of interviewing George Clinton one time, and he told me a fantastic story about him and Bootsy Collins driving in the middle of nowhere in Canada and getting stopped by a flying saucer and having a full-on, you know, hour-long conversation with aliens and then proceeded to fall asleep. With, with
0: Bootsy Collins? Bootsy he Collins, was with Bootsy Collins. <laughs> so she She's also talking to the aliens. Fantastic.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they were going? together doing the thing. And then... um and then, um, yeah, like five minutes after he told me that story, I just heard snoring on the phone and he had full on fell asleep. So uh, <laughs> that's like uh, I, I feel like that's the closest proximity to seeing an alien or talking to someone that I actually believed their story that they did see an alien. <laughs> um, and ghosts, I have not seen ghosts. I've seen my son it felt like he was definitely seeing ghosts when I've seen him wake up in the middle of the night and like talking to someone in the corner of the room. Um, That went on for a little while. So yeah, by proximity. Yes.
0: (laughs) Kids are wonderfully creepy at times, aren't they? Sooner or later, uh, they're gonna ask, "Daddy, when will you die?" Don't. Uh, why would you ask that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you to happen, or just because you?
3: <laughs> I, I
0: I assume that I inherit all of this, and it looks pretty nice. I... <laughs> uh, Theo, how about you? Ghost or a flying saucer? Uh,
3: I you know I have to say I I have never seen either, uh, but I believe in both. Um, so, but I, I don't have a cool story about them either. Um, just that, uh, uh, I'm sure they're out there and, you know, you guys could reveal yourselves anytime I'm waiting.
1: Yeah. Now, now'd be a good time.
3: Oops. <laughs> <laughs> well, <this time>, uh, <laughs> I need a podcast story, guys. Come on.
0: Um, well, I tell you what, I'm watching our time and I see that it's it's flown away from us, as it always does when we're having fun. Mm-hmm. And I so appreciate all three of you uh, gentlemen making the time this evening. I'm going to end with this question. I try to always end with some version of if you could go back toward the start of your career uh, and give yourself some advice that maybe would have made a difference for you, would have made things easier for you, and would make things easier for all the writers listening. Uh, and Theo, uh we'll start with you since I think we opened with Craig and our last question went to Harold. I think I'm 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 fairly starting with you and I've kept things relatively balanced. Feels good. <laughs> what uh, what advice would you give yourself?
3: All right, fair enough. Um I would tell myself it's it's okay to love the things that you love. That the there's so much baggage sometimes that goes into who we think we're supposed to be as writers uh, and what a writer is supposed to be as a role in the world um, or a role in society. And that um, it's, it's about stories and it's about loving those stories and to read everything and read the things you love and, you know, just be true to that. Be true to that. And that's what I'd say.
0: Uh, and Craig, over to you.
1: Um, yeah, for me, um, so there's this great moment in this that I love, um, Attack the Block, right? It's a great movie. If you guys have seen it before with um, a young John Boyega. But there's this moment where everything is coming to a head and there's all this anxiety about what's about to happen. And and John Boyega is just like the most stoic person ever. And he just looks back at everybody and he says, allow it. (laughs) And I think that would be my advice to myself is that I'm not in control, just allow it to happen. And you know, work work hard, obviously, all the time. And I know, like Harold and I have been through so much and so many things, like in our careers, that we never saw happening. But we, I think, we had to kind of let go and and realize that you just have to allow allow it to happen, whatever it is, it will happen. <laughs> and um and and then you know, and and I feel like that's really freeing for me to to kind of think like that day to day because, um. You know, I I look back on years and, like, where things are now, where things were, and it's all, like, how I never imagined it to be, um, which is amazing and wonderful and fascinating, and it will continue to be like that. So, um, yeah, that would be my advice back at the beginning of my career is just
2: allow it and check out that movie. (laughs) Uh,
0: Harold, bring us home.
2: All right. So when I... started my career, there was a rule that I definitely established for everything going forward, and that is to live my life without regret. I never wanted to go to the grave saying, gosh, I regret I did that or didn't do that or didn't experience this. I would do whatever I could to live a life without regret. That's cool and all, but what I would tell myself now, if I could go back in time, would be, make sure that you have fun (laughs) while you're doing it and don't sweat the small don't sweat don't sweat the tough times good times are just up ahead so just kind of like having that kind of mindset and attached to no regrets i think would allow me to kind of like just keep the mind you know not getting bogged down when times get tough you know when you you know there's always tough times but to Know that there's always a better time ahead, you know, if you just kind of work through it and just have fun. I mean, I think that would help me just a little bit more.
0: Where can uh, esteemed audience find you online, follow you on Twitter, all that good stuff?
2: Ruckermoses.com is uh, for for Craig and I, and and Theo. I mean, it's all the same, it's all one book.
0: Uh, Craig, Working uh any, any place else you'd like to plug for folks to find
1: out? Yeah, you? just com, and then on Instagram, Rucker.Moses. Um, we're putting a lot of fun stuff up there, so
2: yeah, that's
3: about it. Yeah, and I'm at uh, com, and on Twitter, I'm tprganji uh, at TPRGangie.
0: Gentlemen, thank you uh, again for an absolutely wonderful conversation. I think we've all learned quite a bit about writing uh, and ghost. It was a <laughs> it was a good time. Uh, esteemed audience, as always, head to middlegradeninja.com for uh, interviews with hundreds of literary agents, editors, publishing professionals, and authors, my favorite people. Folks, I know you'd be interested in. Download your free copy of Manicure Bones and the Giant Robot Bees. And God willing, I'm alive. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Oh Tim. my god, I mixed up Into the Spider Verse with uh, Miles Morales, the video game. I'm gonna be kicking myself all night for that one, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but otherwise, fantastic show! Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Did you uh, are you playing that
0: game? I played it uh, about a month ago. Okay. Yeah, uh, whenever it first came out, it's like three it took me like three or four days. It was really short. It was beautiful. But I was yeah. like, Oh my god, yeah. I've a whole new system for this and it's over. <laughs>
3: well, I'm sorry. So you were asking about the you were trying to ask about the 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 movie.
0: I was. I I because I, I know, you know, Hello Brooklyn and he was in Brooklyn in the movie, but in the game, you're right, it's Harlem. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> well it was I was a
3: little peeved that they took us out of Brooklyn. So I was like I was all I was all ready to <laughs> to let them know can't take Miles Morales out of Brooklyn, but you know. They did it.
1: All but right, yeah, spider verse was <laughs> we love that one.
0: Dear sir, despite your millions of dollars, I have a complaint. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, Into the Spider Verse was interesting for us to watch because I we kind of realized how there's some complex things going on there, physics, and you know, and it and it story wise, it just works so well. I remember why I watched that with my son a few times, and he he got it. Like there was nothing confusing to him about it at all. Um, so that 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 was cool for us because I think sometimes we always have to pull ourselves back because we want to explain things, you know, like Harold and I are big fans of Michio Kaku and we're always trying to say, it's like, well, you know, this is actually string theory or this, that, and the other, and trying to, you know, put our scientific mind on it. Um, But it was, that movie just was so effective um, with some really big concepts. So yeah, we enjoyed it.
0: Really admired the way they opened it and gave us the like best of Peter Parker right up front for all the fans that are coming in, like well, who smiles from wow, this? I was expecting Peter Parker and then they, oh okay. <laughs> you gave me the thing that I wanted. They did the you did the saving the subway. I'm happy. You had the upside down kiss. Right. Now, yeah, you yeah. Can take me wherever you want. Give me give me that little bit of fan service and I'm yours.
2: <laughs> that Peter B. Parker, man. Like that, that added a whole other layer. that I just was not ready for.